With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Your parents name is Jolly. You go around your whole life. So people call me Jolly. What's wrong with that? Because you have no personality in it. People give your name is Jolly. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to the Shea Station Podcast. It's Thursday, August 11th. The Mets have just swept the Reds. It is episode 89. We're creeping up on the big one, Hunna. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack Olive. Uh, Joining me as always is Jeremy Blevins. Jerry, we've had we've had quite the uh, the week for Shea Station, man. It's been quite the week. Not we. You've had quite the week, (laughs) my man. You gotta, you know, you text it to me. I, I actually didn't know what was happening because I'm in Ohio blacked out on the app. Why are you app. blacked out? Oh, it's Cincinnati. Duh. I mean, yeah, sense. we're playing the Cincinnati Reds and I'm blacked out. So I'm listening to the game, you know, <laughs> uh, in my earbud as, as I'm like hanging out with my kids and I'm listening to Wayne and, and Howie Rose. They're, they're awesome. And then all of a sudden, like my Twitter blows up. They're like, <laughs> what's going on? I get a Steve Gelb's test text asking me your name i was like his name is jack mm-hmm. i go jack jack olive and he's like well what's his full name i go jack joseph oliver <laughs> and then apparently he didn't read the second part so yeah and i wanted so, you to debunk that because a lot of people were thinking you don't know my name now which is it's you know, a glaring <laughs> no issue. i was like yeah i'll show you i got i got receipts trust got me the receipts now uh, steve owned up to it good man yeah oh he did good <laughs> yeah. i didn't see that but uh, yeah, apparently you were talking the town on a Gary Keith and Ron blowout, which is amazing. I know that's every fan's dream to be a blowout discussion when it's a ten to two game. You <laughs> just start talking about your name. Pretty that's crazy. Lovely. Week. Yeah, I mean the the Mets pod guys. Shout out to to Joe and Connor. They had me on the show. We all had a lot of fun. Talked some Spencer Strider. So if you haven't heard that episode, go check them out for sure. Uh, but it also meant that I got some love on the broadcast and Shea That's Station. That's pretty dang cool. I want to hey, give us some love. moment for your mom so far? Oh, your my mom, mom loved it. She was ecstatic. She was, I think, reading her book while the game was on in the background. And she slightly heard Jolly Olive mentioned and perked up. I was like, what? What's going on? <laughs> so my phone broke for a good hour on back-to-back days. The amount of people oh, mentioning me. That's awesome. Nah, really good feeling. People are, are awesome. And also, thank you to all our Shea Station listeners. This morning we woke up and we are the number four baseball podcast in America. Number two at John Boy Media behind Talking Baseball. So thank you to you guys for tuning thank in you guys. and enjoying. We love you. That's yeah, I agree. Love you big time. Also, the Mets played really well this week. They swept the Cincinnati Reds, and we get to talk about a sweep. Always a good time. Jerry, before we get into the recaps, can I tell you who they're brought to us by? Oh, please do. Well, Jerry, as you once famously said, I forget which episode, but it happened. If you need legal, go Siegel. I need, I, they need to take that and coin it and make it their own because it's a little too good. Siegel Law Firm is bringing you the game recaps today. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode. They are a New York City-based personal injury and civil rights law firm. They truly care about their clients. They have what they like to call a Jerry Maguire type approach. I prefer the Jerry Bluffins approach, but that's just me, where the primary concern is extreme client attention. This means clear, regular communications with clients, keeping you updated on your case and providing assistance with 
medical providers and insurance issues. There is a misconception that you cannot afford a lawyer. It's not true. There's no cost to consult with Siegel Law Firm and no out-of-pocket costs when they handle your case. You don't pay anything to them until they recover for you and then share a percentage of that recovery. There's nothing to lose. Don't disqualify yourself from a case for no reason. It's always worth a call to Siegel Law Firm. Give them a call at 646-810-3337 or visit them at siegel-lawfirm.com to get the legal support that you need. That's S-E-G-A-L-lawfirm.com. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's game recaps. Jerry, you want to dive right in? Let's do it. I'm ready to dive, man. I'm ready for the You music. die head first. You're game one, of course. I'm in. This is kind of a boring win, and I love boring wins, as the people know. After Nimmo's leadoff hit by pitch, Marte crushes a two-run homer off Pete Alonso's friend, Justin Dunn, in the first inning. Later on, Lindor walks, then he steals, and then he scores on Vogelbach's RBI single in the third inning. The Mets were cruising, but the Reds grabbed their first run thanks to an Alonso error on a ball he just kind of dropped on an on a infield play. Then they get a pair of singles after that in the fourth inning. That makes it 3-1, to one. but Chris Bassett was on a heater in this game. He has been absolutely special in his last five starts. This one, he goes eight innings, allows one unearned run, so zero earned runs, eight hits, one walk, eight strikeouts, 114 pitches for the Bassett Hound, the Bulldog. That's the Mets season high on the year. His ERA plummets down to 3.39. Chris Bassett has thrown the top five pitch totals in a single game this year. They're all owned by our guy Chris. He is there to eat innings, and I absolutely love it. He worked around multiple runners on from the fourth and the seventh, yielding just one run across those four innings. Uh, later on, after two strikeouts to start the inning, the Mets put together a two-run rally in the eighth. Vogelback doubles. McNeil is hit by a pitch. And then Tyler Naquin, maybe my new favorite Met. He hits a two-run triple. He's been doing it all. Absolutely love that addition. Later on in the ninth, Adam Adovino lets two on, but seals the ninth with a K of old friend Matt Reynolds. The Mets get multi-hit games from Lindor and Vogie, stolen bases from Martin Lindor. It was a easy, no-pressure win because of how good Bassett was. Uh, the Mets win game one, 5-2-1. Nicely done. Thank you very good much. Good recap. Thank good you. W. Thank you. Got Bassett has been great. Uh, for Pete Alonso, that's one of those weird throws where you don't know how to catch the ball because mm. like, it's like, is it high enough for me to hold my hand up the glove up, or am I going to flip it? And he got caught in between mm. doesn't happen very often. You don't see it. And it looks like a little league mistake because it kind of is, but I think he was expecting the ball maybe to, to sink a little bit and he'd have to scoop that up because he tried to catch it. Mm. Like you, when you're teaching, speaking of teaching little kids, T-ball, I was T-ball coaching yeah. yesterday, my son. Nice. Uh, and we we're doing like little pop-ups and, you know, they hold their glove out like this. And if it's high, they just raise their hand in like the air. And so that's kind of what Pete did. He just was like, no matter where the ball is, I'm not going to move my hand. I'm just going to move my arm. Right. <laughs> Originally, it wasn't called an error, which kind of shocked me, but they changed it later on. So that gives Bassett eight shutout innings for his ERA. Loved that for him. He's been really, really good his last five starts. Kind of sneaky because everyone's been good. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it in this recap. They've been feeding off of each other, and it's yeah. pretty awesome. That brings us to game number two. Oh, Speaking baby. of continued success, Cookie Carrasco looks to continue his absolutely in fuego month of July into August, and he does just that. After trading zeros with Mike Miner for the first couple of innings in the bottom of the third, Francisco Lindor smacks his 20th home run of the year. A two-run shot 
scoring uh, Mark Canna, who led off the inning with a walk to make it 2-0. In the bottom of the fourth, Jeff McNeil joins the home run party, smacking his seventh home run, this time off of a lefty. The first home run off of a lefty this year. Uh, don't let this guy get hot versus lefties. It'll be unbelievable. He's hot in general. Since the All-Star break, he has an OPS of over 900. Uh-oh, ladies and gentlemen, 3-0 in the fourth. That moves to the six. McNeil adds another run, scoring uh, Darren Ruff, who doubled earlier in the inning to make it 4-0. Cookie Carrasco, who has been cruising through six, enters the seventh to try to stretch into the seventh inning, but he gives up a two-run shot to Jake Fraley to make it four to two Mets. He ends up his day at six and two-thirds, seven hits, the two runs on that home run, one walk, nine strikeouts. This guy is unbelievable. National League leading, tying lead league and wins with the lucky number 13. Yeah, He's yeah. been incredible. Uh, that was 4-2 when he exited the ball game, but immediately following that seventh, the Mets answered with two runs of their own on a Darren Ruff two RBI single. That makes it 6-2. to two. That would be the final score and a W for a game two for the New York Mets. Hell yeah. Curse broken once again. Good for Jerry. He gets a game two win. How do you like these last five starts from Bassett and Cookie? 1.85 ERA for Bassett in his last five. Cookie all the way down to a 1.44 in his last five starts. Pretty good. Yeah, that home run in the seventh inning skyrocketed that number. They're both incredible. Um, So fun to watch, man. So fun. They attack. Cookie moves fast uh bassett will move fast and then just slam the brakes and shake for about 35 minutes yep. <laughs> you know randomly uh but i love watching both of them pitch it's really fun cookie's got that slider splitty combo um bassett's doing everything like just a just a fun team don't let jeff mcneil first of all heat up don't let start him. slugging against lefties don't let him He's, he's been hitting. He hit like 300 off. Hold on. I had the splits up. I don't have them anymore. He's been hitting lefties, but it's just been single slapping them here and there. Right, right, right. He's starting to drive the ball on lefties and righties. That's trouble because that's that's starting to reach back into that territory of, uh, you know, his breakout season where he was hitting homers left and right, slapping doubles everywhere. I think he's starting to feel comfortable in his own shoes in the batter's box, willing to uh, try to drive the ball a little bit versus lefties, but He's picking and choosing. He is an incredible hitter. He is going to be in our Apple discussion later for sure. That was his first homer off a of lefty this year, so good for Jeff. The monkey's off his back there. He had four in the first half. Yeah. And he's got three already in the second, in 16 games. I would so. love for Jeff to get to double digits. Doesn't have to be 20. Oh, I think he's going to. I think he's going to. I would love 10 for yeah. sure. Yeah, Jake Fraley really crushed that ball off Cookie. I think Cookie was running out of steam towards the end there. He did throw one middle-middle to Aquino, who just kind of popped it up. But uh, Fraley definitely connected there. Darren Ruff had a nice game, so good for him. Big hit there uh, in the sixth inning and later on as well. Uh, Trevor May, I was very encouraged by his composure in the eighth inning to get out of that bases-loaded jam. Had a couple walks there, but pretty much worked every count, either full or to two strikes. So he was in every at-bat. He's still calibrating, I think, a little bit. And then Seth Lugo has looked pretty much amazing since July. He looked really good in the ninth inning there. So lots to like from game two. Love it. Game three time. Game three. The Mets 
went into game three. They could have rested Lindor. They could have rested their stars, but they said, no, let's step on the neck of the Reds. And TJ Zoik, kind of a fun last name. Gary really liked saying that last name too, which I thought was fun. Uh, they pounced on Zoik for six runs in the first three innings. In the first, Nimmo and Lindor reach, and then they score on Alonzo single and McNeil sacrifice fly. The Mets have scored multiple runs in the first inning for the 22nd time this year in this game. Pretty cool. Lindor brings home Canna in the second, and McCann on a two-run single. Uh, Francisco Lindor's batting 305 with runners in scoring position. He continues to do it. Alonzo and Vogelback single back-to-back to bring home another run there. And then Tyler Naquin, my new favorite Met, puts the exclamation point on it with a third inning solo home run. He's just been mashing extra base hits. This would be all that Taiwan Walker needed as he bounced back from his rough start against the Braves and turns in a quality outing against the Reds. Six innings, two earned runs, five hits, three walks, five strikeouts, no home runs, which is what I like to see. 91 pitches, that ERA goes down to 3.43 on the season. Taiwan Walker has been kind of a day game assassin this year. He has a 1.56 ERA in day game, so good for him. Keep him in the sunlight, guys. That's where we need him. He's like a flower. He needs the sunlight. Vogelback. The anti-vampire? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Vogelback doubles home two runs in the sixth inning with the bases loaded. Alonso tried to score. He was out by a mile, but we like that anyway. Uh, McNeil follows up with a double of his own. He continues to rake. That makes it an even 10 runs for the Mets, and the bullpen did their thing. Lugo on back-to-back days. He gets a scoreless inning there. Trevor Williams, you can use him pretty much whenever you want. He is the puzzle piece that always fits. He does the eighth inning there. His last six appearances, 18 shutout innings. Good for Tyler, or excuse me, Trevor Williams. And then my guy, Adonis Medina, finally back with the big league club. He gets an easy ninth inning on less than 10 pitches. The three of them combined for three shutout innings and only one hit allowed. The Mets go seven for 14 with runners in scoring position. They knock four extra base hits. Multi-hit games for Lindor, Alonzo, Vogelback, Naquin, and Guillaume. And the Mets are now 25-7 and in the third game of series this season. They win this one in very convincing fashion, 10-2. They sweep the Reds, and they keep pace with their next opponent, the red-hot Philadelphia Phillies. Nicely done, sir. Good W, good sweep. Again, this Mets team does not play down to their competition. Love it. They don't let the five-game series in Atlanta carry over, and they play with a hangover the next series. They're not allowing it. This is a championship style team it's i can't stress it enough this is a disciplined well-oiled machine of a team and it's awesome to watch yeah it really is i think maybe i'm glad that you said that they're beating up on the bad teams because we always talk about the two-week swoon that ended last season with the dodgers and giants maybe the more frustrating losses for me were the games that you could have won in Miami against the Marlins or the games that you dropped in Colorado to the Rockies. The Mets are winning those series now in convincing fashion. And I, and maybe in a previous life, I'm saying, oh, give Lindor the off day. He's played like every game this season or DH him at the very least. But then he went in there and he went two for three. He drew a walk. He scored two runs. He was a key piece in the Mets offense for that day. And I loved, I don't know if you saw it, his post-game interview with Steve where there was not a smile on his face. He was completely serious, not satisfied, you know, talked about the win and talked about the team, but he clearly has his eyes uh, on September and October and ensuing months. It's very, very cool to watch. Uh, I did not have to check it out again. I, you know, everybody, first of all, thanks to anyone who's offered their SNY, you know, 
code for me to to log in and watch. <laughs> uh, I love a good excuse to listen to Howie Rose oh, and yeah. Wayne Randazzo on the radio. I truly enjoy listening to the games. So I didn't get to see the SNY coverage, which I don't know. Is that illegal for me to say? I don't think so. Being an employee of SNY that I can't, can I do You're that? You're getting a sternly worded email in about 15 minutes. Just yeah, so you know. we'll see. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I didn't get to see that. I'll check it out. Definitely got a great interview there. Uh, Lindor but he's had Mr. another smile. No smile. I know, Mr. which smile. is I. It was perplexing to me, but I was also like, I like this side. Like he's serious. Like he's not thinking about day to day. He's thinking about big picture, which I love. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to say one thing real quick though. Yeah. Looking over your shoulder at that caricature, <laughs> that is. It's been scary. up for like five episodes. I think this is the first. I time know, we've I know, about but at, like I've been ignoring it for a while. Why? That is. You don't think he's handsome? No, I do not. Why? Not in any sense. Do you want to hear the story? Does it capture your radiance <laughs> in caricature form? That is like your eyebrows, your look. You he look like um, um, serial killer. A little bit. I, I look like a I think I've a, seen a Netflix documentary about that guy making a jelly olive murderer, something like that. <laughs> we went. Yeah, when we went to L.A., we had, we went to a fun party with our our investor Jack Davis, and there were three caricature artists: one on the left, one in the middle, one on the right. Uh, the one on the middle and the one on the left had big lines and the one on the right had nobody there. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go there. I go over to this guy. We have a great conversation about the caricature game in LA and how like, you know, he knows all these guys and sometimes they pop up in the same place. We had an absolutely excellent exchange from human being to human being. And then I see my good friend, Zach Esposito walk over and see the caricature that I can't see because you're not allowed to see until it's finished. Yeah, yeah. And I see Zach just grimace. And then he looks at me and he smiles. And Zach's too nice. He's not going to say anything. Zach is the sweetest. He's so sweet. So he's not going to say anything. So I'm like, what am I about to look at? And then I, he shows it to me at the end. And it's that. And I uh, I wanted Let to leave see. it there. Let me pretend that like, oh, here it is, sir. Don't like, look what same? do you think? I, I, I was cordial and polite. I was like, great. I took it. Oh. Folded it up. I put it somewhere and I wasn't going to take it home. And then Zach decided, no, we need to take it. And he took well, it. yeah, you need to put that somewhere, not to where I have to stare at it. I think it's in a good luck charm. I think in it's a good luck charm. contrast to that glorious uh, face of yours, that the, it's scary, man. It looks like he's staring at you. Jerry, I hate to say it, but the Mets are, I think, 15 and 2 since I've put up this caricature. All right. Well, so do, I think it, it do whatever to you got to do. I'm, I'm just going to tape up on my screen. Oh, that's fine. Put a little like, gray box there or something like that. It's perfect. Yeah, we, we don't but mess wait, with can Juju you see, on the like, show. T-shirt I'm, I'm wearing. Do you Ooh, have one of these? I need to get one. I have one with the pocket that says John Boy Media, but I like yeah, the Yeah, this one, the little JM pocket. Like uh, stellar. Like it a lot. It's a really comfortable shirt. Shop that. Uh, sorry to bring that up, but I was just. No, you're, this right. is an ad now. This is um, a full-blown ad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome series. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to do apples? I think I want to do apples. It's kind of another tough one. A little bit. It is a very tough one. I think That's I know why... who you're picking, though. I think I know exactly. What? I think I know exactly who you're picking. Oh, because I don't even know yet. Oh, I'm in your brain. I already know. You, you might be. You <laughs> might be after you know they. I got dragged on the internet and on uh, regional TV for apparently not knowing who you are. Yeah, I know. That's I worth... did. I did after our exchange. I did have to to learn uh, Jack Sorensen, right. Audio Jack's middle name. Jack which just is... got doxxed on Chase Station. Alden. <laughs> Alden, I like it. Yeah, it's I my too. it's my mom's maiden name. I like it a lot. Nice. So now you know everyone's name. It's two Jacks. I do. It can be confusing. Alden. I get it. And first of all, for somebody who's notorious and admittedly horrible with names, I'm horrible with names. Uh, we were talking about SNY. 
on SNY, we did uh, a segment in one of my pregames called Who Dis? Where they're like, who are these people? <laughs> oh, that... I remember this. Yeah, and I'm bad with names. And I called uh, our director, who I met one time, who's really nice. His name is Ryan. I was like, is that Rich? Come on. So you every were, time you are in, in my in my defense, always wearing uh, a mask. So yeah. I don't I see like the so it's horrible for me. It's not your fault. Uh, but every time he walks by me now, he goes, who dis? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, Ryan. But uh, I got dragged and I actually knew your name. That hurts. It I hurts. Know. Steve really but, set you up for failure. But I, that's I mean, you're you're a superstar now, man. Apparently. Superstar with the with no name. Next, I guess too the many next names. caricature, your head's going to be this big. I know. It's the ego just inflating yeah, exactly, my mind. Exactly. Exactly. All right. You want me to go first? I do because I'm just delaying, stalling. Well, before I go, Jerry, can I tell you who it's brought to you by? <laughs> yes, you may. Our good friends at Bear Burger bring you the apple of our eye today. Shout out to them. Something for everyone at Bear Burger. Yes, even you. They're a burger joint, but they're not bogged down by labels. They offered to actually send our office some food, so I'm hoping that'll come through soon because I would love to get a Bear Burger lunch going here uh, at the John Boy office. Uh, Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar Happy Hour. You already know it's the best in New York City, guys. 12 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Go pretty much any time during your office hours. Cut out of work. Go get a drink. No one's going to know. I won't tell on you. I promise. The Exotic Burgers, they're back. They've always been here. Elk Burgers, Ostrich Burgers, Bison Burgers, completely appetizing to the ear and the mouth. Bar Bites at Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. All food items for $9.95. What a steal. Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. Two Nashville Sliders, six PBRs, and a Martini, all for under $20. Bear Burger's trying to get me loaded on a Thursday? Okay, fine. Lunch Special, Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar, 12 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday, $14.95. Everything served with fries. Love all those offers. Love all the deals. Gotta love Bear Burger. Click the link in our description on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, burger joint, and luncheon at marketing.bearburger.com. Definitely go check them out. They're absolutely delicious, and they sponsored us once again, and we love them. All right. Thank you, Bear Burger. I think it's apple time. Lots of good choices here. Lots of good stuff here. The apple... Of our uh, uh, Gotta give some love, first off, to Tyler Naquin. He's not my pick for today, but he's absolutely stuffing the stat sheet when he gets to play. Three for seven, two runs, a double, a triple, a homer, a walk, three RBI. When he gets to play, he does everything. He stole a base last series. He plays great defense, and he's kind of a hot boy. A little bit of a hot boy. Jay, you're smiling. I, I love it, man. I'm glad you shouted him out because... Uh, first of all, he mashed against his former team, mm -hmm. which feels so good. I guarantee oh, yeah. you that one. Definitely. Uh, yeah, man. He's been awesome. He does everything. Like, again, I, I don't want to say bad things about Travis Jankowski because I loved him. I loved his – he was a good character yeah. fill-in for the Mets. For sure. Part of the story. But he does everything that Jankowski does a little bit better. Oh, yeah. So. For sure. Uh, also got to give some love to another trade acquisition, Dan Vogelbach, who's completely transformed the DH spot on the Mets roster. After the Vogelbach deal, the Mets are number one in batting average at DH and number two at OPS. And that's a large part because of Dan Vogelbach and Darren Ruff. Vogie went four for nine with two doubles and four RBI. I think I got to give it to Francisco Lindor, though. I've been letting you pick Lindor a lot recently. I think we've picked him on like four or five straight episodes. Uh, he had an unbelievable series. I think the reason why I want to pick him, first of all, round of applause for, for our guy Lindor. 
Yeah, well deserved. Well deserved. Absolutely. I, think- I may have. I was thinking you last week, last series, you were going to give it to Pete. So I gave it to Francisco. Wow. Um, Pete probably deserved it more, but again, that's not. There's no wrong answer. Three this. saves for Edwin. It's I gotta give our it to apples exactly. of our eye. It's biased completely. Also, Edwin <laughs> didn't pitch this series, which I absolutely loved because now he's fully. Recharged. You actually called for that early. I did. Yeah, you're like, I hope we win, and uh, Edwin doesn't have to pitch. No offense to his family, who showed up big time, had the half red, half Mets jersey. Had the I Mets loved. jersey. It was so good. Uh, yeah, but I was like, good. don't throw him at all. Uh, Lindor uh, has been on an absolute heater since that finger healed up, and he's having a generational month of August for sure. He goes three for ten. He scores five runs in three games, hits a homer, collects four RBIs, walks twice, steals a base. He's literally doing everything, including his platinum glove defense. Uh, he could have sat in that last game. He could have DH, and instead he's out there playing shortstop, the best shortstop in the game right now for me. He has matched David Wright's record for the most consecutive games with a run scored 13 in franchise history. If he scores one tomorrow night, he'll have the record. He has been incredible, uh, an absolute integral cog of this Mets lineup, setting the stage for pretty much everyone behind him. He is the apple of my eye. No, boy, Mr. Smile, even though apparently he didn't smile, but good job. Mr. No Smile. Yeah, man, that's that's well-deserved. Uh... I'm going to give a shout out, but not my Apple winner, to Jeff McNeil, yeah, who went four him. for 10, two runs, a double of that homer, four RBI. I am calling it that he is going to be my Apple for next series. I like that early. So call. I, that's my prediction because okay. I see McNeil on a streak, a streaky squirrel. You got to love it. Got to love it. Uh, but he was great. But my Apple goes to Chris Bassett. <laughs> Ohio guy. Ohio boy. Uh, eight innings, zero earned runs, uh, eight hits, one walk, eight Ks. He's 15 consecutive innings pitched without an earned run in his last five starts, a 1.85 ERA. Eight innings, eight basically eight shutout, but eight innings with one run. The reason, not just because that line is amazing, the reason why I'm giving him the apple is because he was the game one starter after the huge emotional adrenaline junkie of a series against Atlanta, he came out and said, there is no let up with this team. I am going to shut these guys out, allow my offense to get their feet going, get moving in the right direction. Uh, Buck Showalter talked about it because it starts with pitching, starting pitching doesn't allow hiccups like that. And Chris Bassett came out and said, guess what, Cincinnati, we're going to treat you like the, you know, lowly NL team that you are, and we're going to kick your butt. And I love it, man. It's, it's, it's a sign of who this team is in their DNA. So Chris Bassett is the apple of my eye. Absolutely love that you mentioned that he was the only one that didn't get some love in the brave series. Cause you know, he was it just, wasn't his turn in the rotation, kept the intensity up also rested up the bullpen that got heavily used in that five game series, gave him eight innings, 114 pitches Dude, old school. Crazy. I love the it. That's our old school. I love it. I want to see their, a complete their game. pitching staff goes deep. I know I'm still waiting for that first complete game. I think it's Bassett's to get at this point for sure. How about our boy, uh, Syndergaard's complete game that he got the other what day. Was it five innings, right? <laughs> <laughs> also, I was, I was looking at the NL leaders because of, I started out uh, looking at cookie Carrasco's like 13 wins. Yeah. 
and who he's tied with. And I just kept going on the baseball reference page. And I was like, oh, complete games. Al- Alcantara has three. Then there's a bunch of people with one. And I was like, Syndergaard. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was five innings. Five innings, 11 hits, four <laughs> That's the stat line you like to see there. Got the win, though. Got the CG win. Yeah, yeah it was a tough debut for him, but he got a W. And uh, between him and Frankie Montas, uh, their debuts weren't oh, yeah. as planned. So. We can talk about that. I mean, I believe Noah pitched last night, right? He did. He no went idea. six innings, two earned runs against the Marlins. So we were not going to see him again. He's dodging us again. Oh, it's crazy. Scared. Oh, we got, uh, you know, we have a day off today, the Mets. So that's going to be a good chunk for the bullpen to rest up. Yep. Trevor May looking sharp, com- not sharp yet, coming back, building up his velos there. Uh, he's starting to develop that confidence again. And Buck is doing a great thing of getting him out there yes. and letting him throw the Mets offense, giving him that chance to have some breathing room to, to not gosh, but, uh, the team looks so good right now. Yeah. I love, um, that I love the way that Buck is using Trevor may right now. And I also loved, cause I believe it was his first batter. He got him to three, two, and then used his change up. And I think let up a single got to that exact same count on the next hitter and used the change up again, because I really think he's trying to find that change up as a devastating strikeout pitch. And he was able to kind of harness it for the first time. I think in uh, yesterday's outing, um, still bases loaded, you know, still shaky walking guys and stuff like that, but he's getting back to where he was and we're going to need him in the September yeah. home stretch. We need him to be a guy. For sure. I agree. So it's nice to see. Um, you had some, you have a note here that I think is also a really good sign of what this Mets team does. It's the first one. It says the Mets have worked the mm. starting pitcher to at least 20 pitches in the first inning in 47 games this year. Crazy. That is a lot. 20 pitches. If if you don't know, you want to be an average inning is like 15 pitches yeah you want to be under that mark if you're at 15 as a pitcher you're like all right because that's you're going to pitch you know five six innings if you keep that pace up yeah a lot of guys want to be in that 12 you know that 12 pitch area but 20 pitches is a lot very taxing and knowing that's happening so many times you're just getting into the bullpen already. You're already getting into the psyche of a starting pitcher that wants to get off and running in a positive direction. Yeah. You got to pounce on, especially the really good pitchers early in the game is when they're most vulnerable because they're not in that groove yet. Uh, That is an awesome note. I'm glad you add that in because that is another sign of what this team does, man. They wear guys down. Yeah. That was the great Michael Mayer who provided that stat, so thank you to him. Uh, the Mets are 32-15 and 15 when they make the pitcher throw 20 pitches in the first inning. Uh, Spencer Strider was a key point of our discussion last episode. They made him throw 29 pitches in the first, ended up going less than three innings. It's a formula for success. Oh, it is, apparently those are like fake hits. Oh, it was stuff. lucky. Sorry. Yeah, lucky, it was lucky, lucky 29 pitches. My bad. My bad. I should have I should have known. I uh, thought uh, our talking baseball boys covered that. Trevor Plouffe yeah. and, uh, and uh, Jimmy and John Boy. I think covered that topic. So if you're curious, uh, go back and listen to their, that episode of talking baseball, because I mean, I don't mind what you're saying because it's true, but dropping like Babip and, and that was the big, it's just, it's a sign of weakness and excuses, even though it may be true. There was a lot of things that went the Mets way, Yep. but to use that as a crutch, you, you, you went 
you didn't even get through three innings, man. It can't yeah. all be luck. And uh, I love that Jimmy included the full quote because I think that the part of the quote that's getting lifted the most is the lucky hits aspect, oh, which course. is, you know, it's hilarious. Yeah. Of course, and of course. Jimmy's smart like that, dude. Yeah. That's why he's the best in the biz because yep. he, he puts it into context. But still, you don't, you know, Charlie Morton's got to go over and Max Fried be like, dude, shut up, please. Like, like, stop. And Max Fried, I mean, had great quotes the night before. So, I mean, it's just it's so jarring in contrast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mets offense is definitely clicking though. We talked about the DH spot getting brought back to life. Naquin's been amazing. Uh, the Mets have scored five or more runs in nine straight games. That's the longest streak in the major leagues this year of Say any that team. Again? Five or more runs in nine straight games. Longest streak of any team this year. Wow. Crazy. Offense is clicking. Big part of that is Jeff McNeil's 13-game hit streak where he's batting 407. Pretty freaking good there. Uh, and Francisco Lindor, his 81 RBI is tied for the most by a Mets shortstop in a single season ever. Uh, for those who don't want to hear it, here it is. Francisco Lindor is probably going to be on pace to be maybe the best Mets shortstop that we've ever seen in our franchise history. Very, very cool. Hope so. Fingers crossed. I mean, that's what you signed up for. That's what you signed up for. You've had a good one in Jose Reyes, man. Yeah. Ray Ordonez, Jose Reyes. Yep. To me, Jose's, you know, that's a generational talent. I think his, his, he'll be retired in the, you know, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think his number will be retired. I don't oh, know. Really? I don't know. Again, it's possible, but uh, I, he'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame for the Mets. And so any, yeah. anytime you're talking about, you know, an all-time great for a Met. That's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, that's really good company for Lindor. Starting pitchers have been doing it too. 2.53 ERA since July 1st. That's over a month and a half at this point. Uh, it's just everything's working, and it's it's really it's just fun to watch. There's no other words for it. It's just fun. Really yep, cool. Love it. Also, uh, kids on the farm are having some fun too. Brett Beatty got called up to AAA. Got his first couple hits last night. And Francisco Alvarez already has five home runs in 23 games at AAA. So September is around the corner. I don't know if they're going to let the kids play, but uh, keep those names in mind because three big ones in Beatty, Alvarez, and Vientos are all at the highest minor league level and are probably salivating at the thought to get in that bat with the best team in baseball. Here, here's my thought here. Yeah. And this is just off the top. I haven't thought deeply about it. I don't know. What's the roster expand to? 29? It's not 40 anymore. I know that. No, right? no. It was 28 now that they made 26. Anyway, I think that it would be a solid idea for them to call these guys up. Yeah. Because you want to get a taste of the big leagues and what it's like, how to win, how to be a good team, what it takes day in, day out. This is the team you want to come up and be a part of to look around to see how these guys go to work yeah i think it would be a, a pretty cool sign even if they don't get much playing time if you're going to put them on the roster might as well come have them come up and get a taste of what it's like to be on a good winning well-oiled machine so i wholeheartedly agree i also uh, just realized that it's 28 players in september which kind of poses an interesting situation for the Mets because there's not enough spots to go around for all three of those guys. They might want an arm to come up too, so they have a lot to think about with roster expansion. They'll, they'll call them up, and and they I think you're allowed to rotate guys yeah, in yeah. and out on the roster. So they might just call them up and let them hang out, and 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 I think that would be beneficial. Be, it's really it's so beneficial to to feel what it's like to be and see what it takes to be successful at the top level. So yeah. I think that's going to happen. So. Jerry, who the hell are we playing next? Okay, man? we have a day off. Nice. So we play nobody today. Uh, let me pull this up real quick. But the Phillies 
uh, fighting Phils of Philadelphia. Red hot Phillies, by the, the way. The hot Phillies. They're six in a row, coming off six in a row, winning Ooh. 11 out of their last 12. Uh, they're, they're coming to New York, and it's going to be an absolute battle. It's a oh, three-game yeah. set. The pitching matchups are stellar. Let's dive in. I'm excited. Game one, Max Scherzer, 8-2 and two with a 198 ERA, going up against Ranger Suarez. Ranger great name he's eight and five with a three six eight era not bad in his own right uh eduardo escobar off of rangers three for five with a home run gene segura gene segura 12 for 33 with a home run against max scherzer philly has hit scherzer decently well this year 17 innings pitched it's an eight earned runs for and a 299 batting average against him uh the mets haven't faced suarez since his 2022 debut he went two and two thirds allowing three earned runs five hits uh, that is game one. Game two puts Jacob DeGrom, DeGoat, the man, the myth, the 96-mile-an-hour sliders. He is 1-0 with a 2-5-3 ERA, not indicative of how nasty he's going. But he is going up against Aaron Nola, who is having a resurgence and is in the Cy Young talks. Aaron Nola is 8-8 eight eight with a 3.17 ERA. Uh, DeGrom, in his last start, retired 17 straight Braves in order with 12 strikeouts uh Aaron Nola versus the Mets this year 16 and a third innings pitch seven earned runs on 13 hits four walks 21 Ks Kyle Schwarber against Jacob deGrom not great so far one for 12 with six punchies Oof. that is a good sign for deGrom game three the final game of this three game set puts Chris Bassett who we just talked about the apple of my eye ah. is nine and seven with a 339 ERA against good friend of mine old friend of the Mets Zach Wheeler who is also in discussion for Cy Young got a late start to the season but is truly one of the aces in the game he is 10 and five with a 269 ERA Zach Wheeler versus the Mets this year he's 0 and one but that is uh he's 10 and two-thirds innings and only given up two earned runs. Uh, that is his line. And Bassett versus Philly this year, uh, even better. 11 and two-thirds innings pitched and two earned runs. Uh, that will be a battle. This is going to be a knockout of a series. We thought the Braves were it, but the Phillies are in the playoffs. If the season ended today, they would be the number two wild card. They are playing really good baseball. Their lineup can hit. Their starting pitching is solid and top-heavy, and we are seeing those three, uh, and they are good. Oh, yeah. Three really fun matchups. Nice uh, preview, as always, Jerry. Uh, these two teams have not played since May 29th when the Phillies last came to City Field and got swept. Don't know if you remember, but Nick Plummer hit the big game-tying home run. Eduardo walked him off in extras. That was a very fun win. Uh, but the Phillies, since we've last played them, have really turned things around. They were 21 and 29 at the end of May. Then they fired their manager, and now they're back up to 62 and 48. So since that moment, they've been very, very good. Uh, lots to look out for. Zach Wheeler is on a heater recently, upping that Cy Young case that you talked about. His last four starts, he has a 1.67 ERA in 27 innings. He's been really good. Um, the Phillies have surprisingly hit Scherzer well, but I think we've seen a new Scherzer. And uh, ever since he's come back from the IL, he's looked like he's on a mission. He's been absolutely excellent. That ERA is below two now. Uh, and I think that the Mets can really platoon these guys to death. They got Suarez in the first game, that lefty, and they've got a lot of righty options now that they like. Uh, and then Nolan Wheeler will be a tough task. But I think 
these are probably this is probably my favorite three pitching matchups of any series we've seen this year. It's gonna be awesome. This is a good one, man. And like I said, the Phillies are doing this and they're doing it without Bryce Harper, Crazy. who is otherworldly. So they're expecting to get him back at some point this season to make a good run. They're gonna be a tough one if they make it to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Kyle Schwarber's mashing. He's got 34 homers. Reese Hoskins has, has turned it on. Yeah, uh, He's got 24 homers. Re, uh, JT Real Muto is living up to, to his. Yeah, he's been uh, hot. Yeah, he's living up to his contract. Uh, who else? Alec Bohm, who Alec had a Bohm rough start. He's, he's, yeah, he's hitting well. Castellanos is still kind of stuttering, but he's turned it on lately, too. Um, yeah, man, these guys can mash. They don't play great defense, as we know. Um, that's where we can take advantage of it. Yep. And a team like the Mets that put the ball in play uh, is very good. But yeah. again, their starting pitching likes to put up strikeouts. So if we can put pressure on their defense and play Mets-style baseball, which I expect them to do, we're the better team. Yep. Uh, I think so. Uh, but this is a good Phillies team. Don't don't. The last time we faced them. They were face planting and now they are standing tall with their shoulders back, feeling confident. Yeah, I I was going to say the same thing. This is a very different Phillies team. They trimmed the fat of Didi Gregorius and Odubo Herrera. They really upgraded their bench. They got Derek Hall, who's been mashing eight home runs and 109 plate appearances. Yeah, he's been wild. He's been really good. Edmundo Sosa, Brandon Marsh. This is a much more complete roster, even with uh, the unavailability of Bryce Harper. Uh, Alec Bohm turned it on. JT Rilamuto has a, what is he have? A 1.290 OPS in his last 10 games. He has been on fire. And remember when we saw him last, he was ice cold. Uh, so this Phillies team is going to hit. I mean, they should have been hitting all year long, but they're finally clicking now. Uh, so I'd be ready for the Mets pitching that has been absolutely stellar since yep. the beginning of July. It's going to be fun. Yeah, their bullpens, they've trimmed the fat of their bullpen too. They got rid of old friend uh, Jerry's Familia. Yep. Uh, and they upgraded Robertson, the yep. guy that we wanted. They have Robertson and and Schwarber on their team. That's the two guys that we wanted. We wanted them real, real bad. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know they've got they've got Robertson close, and they've got uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, who was their heir apparent for a while. Had some hiccups, had some health issues, uh, but he's back there. Canable. They have a kid named Bilotti who's dialing it up. And uh, old man Brad Hand. That's the one that makes me the most mad, I think. He's very good (laughs) against lefties this year. He's having a really good year. Uh, And then Jose Alvarado throws $100 from the left side. $100 Uh, He's struggling, though. But they have have pieces, man. This is a good team. This is the best Phillies team we've seen in quite a while. They are up to the second wild card spot now. They jumped the Padres. Uh, they're looking to jump the, jump the Braves as well. They're only three games back of the Braves, so you never know. Yep. And we are getting definitely the three best pitchers in their rotation. We're not seeing Kyle Gibson and Noah Syndergaard. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be there tomorrow for the blackout night. I'm very excited for that. Uh, so if you're going as well, come find me. Come say, hey, we'll, we'll have some fun. I'll be here in Ohio. Sad. When are you back in New York? Ah, uh, let me see. I am doing he's the doing games. Let the me games check my schedule real quick. On his schedule. I missed Yeah, you. right. Uh next weekend I'm doing Ooh. the 19th through the 23rd. So I'll be next Friday through Tuesday. Ooh, that means 22nd we can probably do in person app. Yeah, you'll probably I'll go into the office and you'll be on your eighth vacation of the well, year. Well, I'll be like, I'll be in Baltimore that weekend, but I'll be back Monday and Tuesday when Hey, is Audio Jack around? He's there. He's Let chilling. me hear. What's up? <laughs> ah, that's. I just wanted to hear your voice. Oh, you know. that's sweet. Jack that's Alden. Sweet. That's me. Getting docked. All right, by boys. Jerry. Hey, great episode.
Oh, you, uh, man, you're on another level. I'm, if you start referring to yourself in the third person, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> no. Self claps. Way to go. I did great today. No, no, I had a great episode by all of us. Oh, gotcha. That's there you cool. Go. Come on. I no, can't. I, I, I won't let your head episode. get too big. No, you Even though Gary, grounded. Keith, and Ron, you guys are on first name basis. No, no. Even Gelbsy in there. Yeah, a little bit. But they got it all wrong, right. and that kept me grounded, which I think is yeah. good. If they said it right, it would have been too much. Gotcha. All right. Well, see you Monday. For jolly. I'm Jerry and Audio Jack. Alden. We're Shea Station and we are out. We'll see you guys Monday. Let's go Mets. Talk about no shoes win. Enjoy your day off. Enjoy the day. Enjoy it. The Mets won. <laughs> <laughs>